Um, I can open us if you want. Yeah. Oh my god, what was that? I just said yeah. Oh, I got like this horrible noise. <laughs> Shut like, down uh, all your open windows, please. <laughs> it's just Discord Audacity and Google Chrome. And Google Chrome is <laughs> only has well, the Patreon. So you just called my voice, my normal, vo- my normal ass voice, like a horrible sound. <laughs> it's like a horrible noise. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> a horrible noise. <laughs> Just, just when you say, and I'm Charlotte, I go. <laughs> what happened? What monster is joining me on the podcast? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. The year is 2005. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year. My Marvelous Year at the Comic Book Reading Club, where we go through the best of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. We are now in 2005. We're at the end of 2005. We've got no Dave this week. It is just Charlotte and I, the two baddest pups in the galaxy. <laughs> woof! <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, woof. Woof. Woof is correct. Charlotte, <laughs> I'm... Uh, I can see why Dave dropped out of this episode. I'm... <laughs> yeah. I just want to vow to my audience right now, I'm going to try my absolute damnedest to bring some real thoughts to these comics and to bring, you know, some some insights and maybe maybe a laugh or two. Uh, because, boy, I can really see why Dave didn't join us this episode with, uh, with the comics that we have. No, um, I, I truly don't understand why he'd rather spend Christmas with his family <laughs> rather than be talking about these comics. Truly, like, yes, confounds yes. me. It's true. So we're reading, uh, initially the list is just Drax the Destroyer, 1 through 4, and Runaways, the volume 2, um, from 2005, 1 through 6, and then we have a couple uh, issues added by Patreon backers. Um, Robert H., just the last second, added Runaways, issue number 13, which we're going to talk about, and Marvel Team Up number 14 was added by our Patreon backer, Cody, <laughs> who I will talk about later, but this felt like a betrayal, and I opened up this issue and found out what it was. Um... Before we jump into that, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. We appreciate any uh, any support you can throw our way. Actually, you know what would be really nice? Tell a friend. Think about, think if you know anyone who might be interested in Marvel Comics, who might be interested in this project, this reading club, and uh, and let them know. Uh, yeah, you should fall for Christmas for the holidays. For uh, if you want to give mm-hmm. nice presents to your friends and family, uh, just like write down the, like, web address for our podcast on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and then put that in a big box wrap that box in like gift paper and uh, give that to you to your friend at christmas they'll love it charlotte um i don't know if i've talked about this before so maybe stop me if i have on the podcast <laughs> yeah. um but i got into podcasts when i was like 17 18 yeah which means like 2005 i think um so this is like God, iPods exist, obviously. Apple, yeah. Apple iTunes, Sorry. right? Like exists. It's where you got podcasts. Like podcasts were really tied to iPods, obviously, because iPod podcast. Um, and, but this was pre 
smartphone and pre like data, at least yeah, yeah. generally people had. So, so like podcasts were like you had MP3 files and you would plug your iPod into your computer and then you'd load all the stuff you wanted to listen to on it and then you'd have to take it with you. So you only had the podcast that you have downloaded on your iPod with you. So there was like a really strange little period of time. And then like iPhones came out pretty quickly after that. So it wasn't yeah. very long that this was the norm. Um, and, like, video podcasts were, like, kind of popular. Like, I used to subscribe to a channel, Frederator, you know, the Cartoon Network yeah, animation, yeah. like, a video podcast from them. They had an official one that was really cool. Anyway, um, so there's, like, a really weird period of time between, like, pre-smartphone, pre-you just download what you want to listen to and data, over data, and, like, everyone has podcasts where, like, you could buy podcasts on USB sticks as like gifts for people it would be like the first <laughs> 10 episodes of npr's radio lab uh the first five seasons of it as like a, a gift for 50 bucks and it was just a usb stick with a bunch of <laughs> episodes of a That's podcast on it really funny <laughs> yeah i think it's i think i talked about this way back on the podcast way before you joined but like the idea of you know load up all i mean now you could probably fit every episode of my i'm sure you could fit every episode of my on, this year USB on a drive, usb yeah. stick so listeners if you really want to <laughs> Here's something for us. If you have Hand some some family member you hate, USB stick. just like download every episode of the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast on there on a USB drive and give them that. <laughs> oh, God. God, can you imagine like a, a cool millennial uncle being like, you know what, I'm gonna get my my niece into podcasts <laughs> and like handing a 14 year old's <laughs> a USB stick chock full of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> like the worst like selection of, of, of their favorite podcast episodes chapo trap house and uh, although yeah. you know what i'm anyway, joking um, but i don't know like there would be something fun about like putting podcasts you really like on like a cd format like uploading that on cd format and making it like in the same way people like pirates uh movies and shows oh not even pirate but like download parts and shows and and put them on uh, there's a word for that and i'm um, i can't i can find it but like blu-rays yeah but like discs? doing it yourself right because you, it's not available or anything like that yeah. but like mm -hmm. doing that with podcasts yeah. you'll be like like i'm having a vision of like a, a nice newscom or like root tales of magic cd that you can you could own physically and that's like mm. that's mm. kind of well i mean idea. cds cds don't really yeah, CDs don't hold more than like one or sure, two. Sure, yeah, yeah, but like right? they have like you know what I'm 70. saying, like just having the physical yeah. version of yeah of podcasts or, or similar stuff would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I, okay, now I want to dive into this. Two questions for you. One, yeah. did you ever engage in burning mix CDs for people or for yourself? Mm. I guess, or are you like totally post CD? No, yeah. I, 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 here's the thing: I don't even have a TV, so and my my computer. Oh, actually, my computer does have a, a CD thing. Uh, but no, no, I don't like the only... S Wait, what does having a TV have to do with it? <laughs> but what would you... Oh, yeah, I, do, I don't have a TV for, like, DVDs or Blu-rays or anything like that. And for music, I don't have a... Oh, a CD. Oh, okay. You're just... Yeah, saying. I'm saying, like, okay. whether okay. it is, gotcha. like, uh, DVDs and Blu-rays or, like, mu CDs for music and, and other stuff, like, I don't have the support mm. to, to, like, listen to that or, or watch that. Even play it. That's... Um, my god that's why i mean you know what i don't either i don't think i have a whole CD. yeah because like i don't have like rum need for that now now house, i kind of have nice. my car does yeah but. now i kind of have the, the need for a tv because like i bought myself a, a ps5 uh to play to play spider-man 2 and, and other games but, like specifically it was for, for spider-man 2 uh, at the beginning and the only thing i have to like 
use it is a like projector wall projector uh but like <laughs> yeah that's i very, can't first of all it's delay, not great right, and then i can't actually like change the the level of, like the sound levels um i i can for games like in the i can go into the the spider-man 2 settings and change the game change the, for yeah. the game but if i want to watch like netflix or disney plus i can't actually change the audio levels so i just have to like stick with what it is and it's either really quiet or really loud and i can't do anything about it so we need to to get a, an actual tv to to be able to watch that and, and i mean that <laughs> not to turn this into completely derail this into a tech yeah. hour but uh just get a little cheap soundbar like and then you'd pass the ps5 through the soundbar and then to your projector sure, that's what i yeah. do because i have a projector yeah, yeah. but anyways I, uh, i'd like can, to have anyway a, a so cds so cds totally missed out on didn't yeah. do anything because like when i was your age like i mean digital music was definitely big but yeah. people still bought cds to a degree like spotify hadn't really taken yeah, off i mean when, when I, was, like, I was a teenager i had um, cds like i had plenty of cds of, of queen arctic monkeys oh, okay. and, and muse and yeah. stuff like that but and you I didn't listened. like i had like in my in my childhood bedroom at my parents house i had a uh i don't actually know what the the wording like a radio a, a hi-fi channel is that a thing in english does that make sense mm, that's so like i mean those are where words, you put, high fidelity I don't know. Channel, in but. french it's chen e but like it's a CD yeah, player? Yeah, I guess. Like, but like a thing you put on your wall and that's a CD yeah. player. Yeah, CD player, I guess. Um, and yeah. I had that I had that as a teenager growing up at my parents, but like ever since I live on my own, I don't, I haven't bought one and I don't really need Okay, one. I'm specifically asking though about mix CDs, like burning CDs for other, did you ever burn yourself like no, mixes for other people? No, no, By the time I, I okay. would have like, that's... I don't know, mastered music, <laughs> right? Like knowing what I actually like yeah. on yeah. my own and not just what my parents listen to. Um, like, <clears throat> yeah spotify and, and deezer in france w- were around so i yeah. could just use that to make playlists yeah that's it i think that's like severely uh, it's such a sad part of like the move to all digital because that is such like a nice thing that i had is like mixing cd because your friends you know you'd have your friends and they'd be like here's all the music i love and they'd like make you a mix cd yeah and then you'd like i mean new we do that with and like crafting right? them for like people we just really sent fun. each other playlists, yeah i did that I for a while with diff- playlists that's different from like an actual physical thing. I feel like that's fallen off a little bit yeah. too but yeah 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 like I still have gifts I've gotten of mixed CDs that are like very cherished yeah. um and then my other question was uh podcasts when did you get into podcasts Ooh that's a good question I think the first like quote unquote podcast I listened to was so <laughs> here's the thing in Fra- I don't think it, I don't know if that's a thing in English uh, in in the US or, or like the English world, but like in French, uh, YouTubers in in, twenty, in the 2010s, when they made like video sketches, like just like them in their room making jokes about uh, some topic or, or other, like we called that podcast, but like it's not a podcast, right? It was like very short form, five minutes, stuff like that. It was like video, like sketches. That's the word you would use in English, but we would, we call that podcast for some reason. I don't know if that's, that's also a thing in English. I don't think so. Um, but like, so that's what, that was my no, first exposure uh, to the sorry. word podca- podcast. Um, and then later, I listen, uh, when I was like 13, 14, I listened to, to like radio shows about like history or science. And like, I, li- I didn't listen to them on the radio as they were airing, but I listened to them on the website of the radio that made them and that was like cold podcast but like in literally literally like uh, I, I, th- I think it was interge- interchangeably called 
podcast and postcast, as in like post because you you were listening to them after it first aired. Um, and but like yeah, going yeah, yeah. on the internet to to listen to long form audio stuff that people made for the internet. Um, I think that's yeah. yeah I yeah. think I started listening to that like when I was maybe seventeen, eighteen. I think. I mean, my mother might have been one of the first podcasts I listened to. Now that I think about it, because huh. um, I can't. Because I, of... <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, some people do put out like YouTube talk shows, yeah. and then they just call them podcasts, sure, yeah. and they're not on, yeah. you know, like audio. But format. I think, yeah, I think um, I, I actually that's... think now that I think about it, yeah, my mother was the first podcast I listened to because I used to listen Hell to yeah. it on. Yes. I didn't listen to it on like. Uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or anything. I listen to it on, I think, Listen Notes is the name of the website that just, like, also hosts... Uh, just some aggregator. Yeah. yeah. And I listen to, like, I opened the Listen Notes site on Google and listened to MMY on that. And then later on, I discovered that you could I could just lo- use the Google Podcast app and listen to other podcasts on that. Um, so, yeah, MMY was actually my first That's podcast. Wild. So, like, 2018? That's crazy. Yes. Uh, that's yeah. nuts. There's only one podcast from when I started listening to podcasts, like, 20, well, almost 20 years ago, 18 years ago, uh, that still exists, and it's Film Spotting, which is, like, a Ooh, movie yeah. podcast I still listen to. Besides that, all those ones that I listened to were long dead, and they were all very scrappy. They were all, like, extremely homemade, yeah. um, affairs, but anyway, um, I just think that's interesting. Yeah. I, I might have told this already, but I went to a, like middle school uh science fair i was like helping judge it um and uh (laughs) there was one that was about like uh hearing loss with like teenagers this girl was doing a little study about hearing loss in teenagers and listening to loud music or something and she had like one specific kind of music and i was like asking questions about like oh well you know what about people who listen to other kinds of music or you know if they listen to podcasts so it's not like a constant thing and she's like oh um like my generation doesn't really listen to podcasts and i was like i just withered <laughs> in front of her into dust yeah. and blew away <laughs> horrible okay that all being said i think we sufficiently uh fluffed out this episode <laughs> now we actually have to talk about the comics yeah <laughs> we got 15 minutes um i'm gonna start with drax the destroyer uh dave has this written as drax essentially gets a revamped origin from keith giffen i don't know if i fully get that um if this is this a, a revamped origin, Dave isn't here, so I can attack him on it. <laughs> but uh, Keith Giffen, uh, who just passed away a couple months ago, Dave was just talking about. He had that very funny tweet about like anything to get out of New York Comic Con, yeah. something like that. Um, and uh, he's probably most famously known for his DC work, um, Justice League International. He worked on with GMD Mateus, I think, also with Legion of Superheroes. Um, and then, like, a bunch of other DC stuff for Marvel. He doesn't do a ton for Marvel, but he does this, and then he is about to do Annihilation. Yeah. He's, like, the main guy behind the Annihilation um, event we're going to read next year, I think. <clears throat> yes, next year. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, seems like a pretty cool guy. <laughs> I guess, actually, he got accused of, uh, of tracing, or what's it called? Swiping? That's uh, not swiping. That's what copying. I don't know. What it was it called when you? It doesn't matter. I don't know. I, I just half read a Wikipedia thing. I don't need yeah. to get into it. <laughs> um, anyway, cool guy <laughs> or not cool guy? I don't guy. know. Um, a guy. Sh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems like seems like guy to me. Um, 
This is a, a little four-issue miniseries about Drax the Destroyer, and he's a prisoner of the Kree? I actually don't I think it's like, I think it's a... the prison you see in the first Guardians movie. I don't think it's specifically any, like, empire or, or racist prison. Yeah. It's just like yeah, a it's big just asylum, space prison. Asylum 8. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah and the, he, along with... A handful of other weirdos who apparently did not premiere here. Yeah, yeah, um, those are guys. I assume these were all, yeah, yeah, like Lunatic, Blood Brothers, and Pybok are all like, I don't know, not all. Pybok we've but, seen. Like, it's been a Blood while we've seen him. He's like he's the power scroll from from Fantastic Four comics. Uh, he's like the scroll that has the big leather jacket and, and pointy pointy sticks, uh, pointy points. I don't know. I don't remember this guy. He's at from all. like I'm looking at him. Yeah, maybe John. Burn or like later? No, he started in the nineties. He, he premiered in ninety one. Or maybe he so. run. Fr- I don't remember. Yeah, but like some nineties Fantastic Four comic. Mm. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe we read it and I just I don't remember. But um, anyway, uh, yeah. There's these uh these four dinguses and Drax are all on a um a prison vessel in space and then it lands on Earth um and Drax uh his I don't know. I, I kind of thought that, like, based on what Dave said, so, you know, this is just bringing weird expectations to it. Um, I kind of assumed that this would be, like, a total retooling of the character. It's not really. Like, he uh, he was kind of just a big dumb guy. Now he's, like, a big dumb guy who's, like, slightly not so dumb anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't actually remember the, what the, he was like. Because I think... When wh- did Jim Starlin create him in like the seventies comic, like Iron Man comics, where he also created yeah. Thanos? Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. back then he wasn't. Yeah, he was largely like, just a straight up like big dumb guy. I think he was like smarter and more like a kind of dangerous warrior. And then he got them. Uh, I don't remember at, at what point, but like in the nineties, when you're reading Warlock in the Infinity Watch, like. He's just a big dumb guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like the the source of many jokes. Well, and that's the thing is like he gets the he gets one of the gems that like they intentionally give him because he's like too dumb to actually cause too much yeah. damage with it or something. And he like, just swallows it. Remember something like that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, he I guess Iron Man fifty five is the issue that he premieres in. It is the same issue the Blood Brothers premiere in. Oh. So they uh, they did premiere together. They have a history. Um, this is uh. Drax lands on Earth with these other guys. Pybok, as the Skrull, starts kind of deviously inter... Uh, what's the word? Um, infiltrating, um, like, human society, taking over this town. He's got big plans to take over this town. Meanwhile, Drax and, like, the Bro- Blood Brothers are fighting. There's some kids that were, I think, kind of meant to care about. Uh, Cammy and Dex. <laughs> and, like, boy, Cammy's gonna stick around yeah, for a while. Is. Apparently, Cammy becomes a a big character it's very strange i'm looking at her wikipedia article and it's like <laughs> there's a lot of mentions yeah. here um but cammy's just kind of a you know tough smart aleck kid uh who drax reminds drax of his daughter heather who was turned into moon dragon um and i i honestly don't really like the the tone of it's okay the the writing moves along fine it's just Miniseries, man, miniseries are so tough <laughs> to pull off. I'm trying to think of, like, 
really good four issue miniseries. It's just not that much time. Yeah. I, I think knowing that you have four issues, when something feels as low stakes as this, and this feels very low stakes as it's starting out, um, it can really undercut any investment in it because like as i'm reading it i'm like okay well we're halfway through this miniseries and the stakes are will drax save a town i'm like okay i don't know like i don't care about well, i've not got invested in drax yeah, there's not like can the promise be fine. And... like i don't think the stakes are the problem and i think they're just not sold really well like drax try to tries to save a town can be like really could be a really good comic right like small stakes don't equate being well, and, like boring no no i no i understand yeah. But I agree yeah, sure. like, in this context, sure. like it, it's, I don't know, I don't think it's really successful at, at making us care care about the the town. They don't, they don't even actually seem that much in danger. It's mostly feel like just the alien guys are just gonna. F- Pipak just snap that old lady's neck. Yeah, sure, <laughs> but like, it feels like they're just gonna force them to to build them a sheep to a uh, sheep <laughs> a ship to to get out of there. Uh. Um, and and that's it, right? <laughs> like just. Enslaves the town for two weeks and they're done, <laughs> which you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. a big deal. Everyone's been doing um, that. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, when I read that the Drax uh, series, I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty boring. And then I read the other comics we read for today, and, and then like <laughs> after the fact, then I have like a higher opinion of Drax, um, <laughs> comparatively. <laughs> Yeah, Drax wasn't actively... Uh, yeah, it was just me. fine. Uh, um, I think that's interesting what you said about four-issue miniseries, because I, I actually can't really find an example of one that I really like. Um, and, like, now that I read comics, uh, I read more comics month to month, can you imagine reading this comic across four months, waiting a month between each issue? Like, so boring, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean drax doesn't even get involved in the town yeah. stuff until like because he dies in the middle of it he dies at the end of book two and then i i guess he's rejuvenated but i it wasn't really actually clear to me how except for the fact that he's pretty indestructible but i don't yeah really felt know like where that comes kind of from. like, like a doesn't... doctor who thing where like he can bring himself back from almost death but like he's just not the same he's just a slightly different guy um but yeah, like, that's well, not he, he comes back like at all. smaller, and... which which is fine, yeah. honestly. I'm not <laughs> yeah, like, so... that fussed over it. Um, but like, well, no, I I think there's a way of either either you have to explain it or you make it intriguing, yeah. and it's yeah, neither, I guess. right? Like either we're like, wait, why did he like, why can't he die, a la sure, like, yeah. Immortal Hulk, or or you tell me, <laughs> and I think it's cool, yeah, yeah. right? So I just it, it kind of that does suck some of the. Um, the stakes out of it when um like the tension when it's like okay i guess if he can get stabbed in the face and he'll just come sure, back yeah. again so like where's the dramatic tension is it between him and cammy because i don't cammy's kind of just a strange uh teenager who's like i want drax's body it's mine <laughs> i don't know what's going on yet um yeah so i don't know there, there was not much for me to cling on yeah to i here. guess like it's a new origin for drax in that the version of Drax we're going to see in Annihilation and the future of Marvel Cosmic is going to be closer to this, like, both physically and mm-hmm. mentally mm-hmm. than the, like, big dumb guy of Jim Starlin in Infinity Watch. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. I don't quite... Yeah, I think he remembers his past, but, like, yeah, just he doesn't behave in the same way at all. So, like, you could start now with Now he's, like, a cool stoic warrior, which... 
Yeah, well, and now, like, his characteristic, his, like, personality is these, like, a cool badass warrior. Yeah. Which is, you know, I don't know. We have, we have a lot of those. <laughs> so, yeah, like, sure. him being, like, cool and calm and stabbing guys in the head because he kills one of the Blood Brothers. Um, yeah. It uh, it does not make me go, I can't wait to see Drex Oh, but again. did you notice um, he's gray and not green now? So, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing because uh, this is actually a throwback to Hulk number five, where he goes from gray to green. Uh, Can you imagine if, <laughs> if that was the case? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, no, it's it, um, I, I don't know. The comic is fine. That's his, that's it. Yeah, it's like, it's by whatever. I don't know. It's pretty pretty blatant. I'm, I am like I am still really excited for Annihilation and like what happens in Marvel Cosmic, just like because it's it's a big blind area for me in Marvel but like yeah if this is the beginning of it that's kind of it's kind of disappointing I don't know I mean there's no tie-ins to anything bigger here the, if anyone I, well, the I don't team, judge right uh, it's Kid Giffen well I don't and I don't ju- but I don't really judge a creative team on a four issue mini sure, I think yeah. it's so tough to pull something off here like in these small little yeah. packets I think it's really hard to find anything especially if you're trying to build to you know a care like usually i'm sure you can't make big changes you're not allowed to make big changes you can't set stuff up for the future you're really limited in what you can do so you do have to be great i think uh you know i think it can be a real test of a writer's abilities to write like a great short story like a self-contained single punch story but um we've read so few of those i want to i want to mention mitch breitweister's art here um i had the thought that it looks uh made by ai and then i thought it's probably worth specifying what I mean when I say that, at least, because I think that kind of can sound like a pretty lazy uh, critique, uh, pretty like a shortcut to just <laughs> saying nothing. Yeah. Um, and then I, th- I thought, I was like, what do I mean when I'm like saying that? Uh, it looks slightly unfinished and very inconsistent to me. It looks like the pencils are down and then maybe the inking, which Mitch also does, um, like was rushed or is just kind of like you know one panel everyone will look fine the next panel people kind of look odd and half drawn their eyes look way too big for their head like they're off model whatever the case like it just inconsistency and uh kind of like a lack of uh that like final pass of detail i guess uh is what i mean when i say something's written by ai i you know i also want to say like Mitch Breitweister might be a great artist and there might be tons of extenuating circumstances that mean like this had to be rushed out and he just literally didn't have time to put those like nice final touches. So it's not, this is not a comic I would judge, uh, like, you know, four issues of this, uh, it's not something I would judge somebody on. I can't remember Um, where I've seen him before. I I feel like I've seen his arts, but I I don't, I don't know the name. Um, created Phantom Jack for Image Comics. Oh, he did some Journey into Mystery. Um, Which I don't know. He's gonna do Annihilation, uh, too. So he's he's okay. on that, right? I think. Or I don't know. I, that's what <laughs> that's what popped up when I googled his name. Yeah. It was Annihilation. So, anyway, um, yeah. I just uh, I thought that was worth specifying because I think that can kind of sound like a, a very lazy critique, and it kind of is. It's the shortcut, but I do mean it's uh it's kind of scratchy and unfinished. Yeah. Kind of like a little bit like what we said about Adrian Elfona on Runaways Volume One critique i no longer have i think i want to start out with something positive i think adrian alfano has gotten into the groove uh here 
I think like the difference between Runaways Volume One and Volume Two feels pretty big to me, uh, just in their artwork. I yeah. think like this feels way more assured and like that kind of you know like panel by panel wonkiness like occasionally you would get people who just kind of look plasticky and slightly melted a little bit which is you know you have to churn these pages out you draw your models you draw your characters you do them from a weird angle and like yeah like the 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 silhouette the outline of the character is not just right but you know you got to get to the next page and like to the human eye like we're really good at recognizing that when like humans look slightly off and uncanny like our brains are set off by that but when you're drawing it it's tough yeah. to get that i think this right. i feel like bit of that's really gotten yeah i, di- I didn't pick it well, up I, here, I don't know uh, i feel like much, there's but... still a bit of that but it's been absorbed in a way that like it's just part of his style and feels more like mastered mm. right like characters do tend to feel a bit <laughs> liquid is the closest thing i can i can say like the the faces and stuff but, like it doesn't feel on accident just like that's that's part of their style um, I think the worst thing I can say about the art is uh, Victor and uh, what's his name? Gabe were like, I think Gabe, what was the name of the other guy? Uh, I don't remember. Like the two main guys of the team were like yeah, 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 very yeah. Interge- interchangeable to me, like visually just looked oh, very, yeah, very yeah, similar yeah. One to one another. Sure. Um, but yeah, I do agree that the, the yeah. art is, is miles better than, than in the first, uh, first volume. It's streets ahead. Streets ahead. Uh, this time, I think. Streets ahead. Streets ahead. <laughs> yeah. cool. I guess. Streets ahead. Uh, it's um, yeah. So this is a runaway. Like the last volume of Runaways ended after eighteen issues. Um, I think just like a few months earlier. Yeah, in like September two thousand four. I think is that right? Um, yeah, September two thousand four, and then this one starts in February two thousand five. So they took like four or five months off. Jump back in with a new number one. Um, it is just kind of the continuation. Uh, yeah. of the story i'll say i think this starts out strong issue one i was like okay it's a pretty good hook i think like the the story so like the runaways are you know now kind of established they're a little team together they're stopping super villains and um they fight the wrecking crew which is fun i always love to see the wrecking crew they're one of my favorite like kind of silly uh villain teams or just silly villains period um and then by the end of this, uh, a Gertrude from the future shows up and like warns the whole team that they can't trust some hero called Victorious who's going to kill everybody in the future. And then this Gertrude from the future dies uh, and is like, stop, you know, stop this kid before he gets too powerful. Um, it's a pretty good setup. Uh, I did think immediately. Did you think of New Avengers number one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell? Like, Brian K. Vaughn, you're just, you just read New Avengers number one. You're like, oh, well, that's a pretty good idea. They came out a week apart, these two comics. Yeah, yeah. and there's uh, like... Isn't that crazy? So, I think the first... I read... When I was a teenager, I read Runaways before I read Young Avengers. And the first mm-hmm. thing I read of Young Avengers is a what-if story where the Runaways be- become the Young Avengers and... Uh, hmm. So they mix. So I, I think Iron Lad finds the Runaways instead of the Young Avengers and forms them that way, and they use both Iron Lad and Victorious in that story. And so yeah, in my mind, mm-hmm. those two arcs well has have always been like really intertwined because like the first version of it I read was in What If, where they're like both happening at the same time. Uh, yeah, they're they're very similar plots. It's it's kind of weird. Here's what I'm gonna say about the Runaways. 
at this point in time because i am comparing them to new avengers or young avengers yeah. which i loved i really liked that comic and i'm like why why does this not click for me i think it is almost entirely in brian k vaughn's tone yeah. i just man and, and this is so subjective like some people are gonna <laughs> it's really obnoxious but some people are gonna read this and be like i thought it was fun it was snappy i don't see what you're talking about and like fair enough um but like, here's what where I'm at. An issue number twenty five, Joss Whedon takes over, and I'm like, oh well, I can't wait to read that instead. Like, <laughs> when insane. I'm excited for Joss Whedon to take over <laughs> the Runaways, yeah. like, boy, uh, like when that sounds like it would be a much better tonal shift to me. Uh, I think that's saying something. There is, uh, I was thinking reading this, um, not a panel goes. <laughs> I was like, does does a page go by without him making a joke or a wisecrack? And it's close to not a single panel going by that he is not having characters say something like snarky yeah. or trying and to all make a in the same tone also it, is the worst thing. All, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> God, I I don't want to get into this too much. This is not like a real culture war thing I care about. But you know, Twitter had the the comic book guy shot the comic book shop guy who was like i wish comic writers just wrote captain america and didn't write themselves as captain america whatever he's just some guy i want to rag on this guy but it started a big conversation the part of that to me that you know there's a, a pun you put yourself in your own art obviously good art you know incorporates the the artist and stuff yeah. and i I can see the the argument, but like the crazy thing about saying that specifically about Marvel comics is all these comics are just like Brian K. Vaughn self inserts, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like not necessarily like, oh, I I wrote in a you know a visual artist who feels down on his luck and betrayed by women or something named you know uh, Bob, but like that all of them speak with his voice, all of them have the same uh, pop culture interest as him, all of them have his sense of yeah. humor, you know, like, clearly. And you know what? Brian K. Vaughan's gonna get way better at this. Saga doesn't have this. I, d I don't think. It's been a while since I've read Saga. But, like, he gets, I think, considerably better at just being, like, writing individual characters and, you know, giving them different voices and not just making them all mouthpieces for his, like, pop culture opinions and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's the non-stop... Uh, the, the thing is also, like, while it is absolutely chalk block of one-liners, there's no jokes. <laughs> there's, like, I can't recognize a single joke in this. The, the, the comedy is not based on the characters, like, and they're specific, you know. It's not, like, it's not building up jokes that bounce off the characters' personalities or their history or anything. It's not jokes based on the situation. It's not physical comedy. It's not like it's literally just like wordplay. Yeah, it's I guess. references, you know, wordplay and, and pop like culture references. Yeah, attacks. <laughs> I guess. I guess it's like people bullying each other. Puns. Be yeah, yeah, bullying or saying like you know dork hawk instead of dark hawk. All just calling <laughs> yeah, each it's, other. It's like kind of working at Gaysler. that level. Gay slurs or so, just being widely homophobic sure. to each other. Um, oh, you think calling someone gay is a gay slur? Wow. Like, <laughs> I, I think there's some other stuff in there. But like, <laughs> I think he just says that something is maybe, gay. Yeah. Or just <laughs> Which, like, but still. Like, I it, mean, it's, he, it's certainly derogatory, but I think it's funny to be like, yeah, what maybe a slur. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. 
Um, no, I I was I yeah, was yeah, just yeah, teasing. No. I'm sorry. Um, honestly, just like it mixes together with like plenty of other comics of the same era. Some of some of which do use uh, gay slurs. Uh, yeah, but like just like sure. in yeah. the tone, it's very much like people and like not just homophobia, but like people being nasty and sexy, like those kids being awful to each other in ways that just like aren't reckoned with at all and like I'm, I don't need like comics to be necessarily like didactic and like being obvious about like well this is wrong and this is right but like it's still exhausting when these are like the heroes and main characters and they're just like the worst kind of people because um, I don't think they're supposed to be is a thing um, yeah that's I think that's what it's I mean it, it, it feels like it's missing any sense of yeah, grounding in real uh, human emotions or characteristics, right? E- in either direction, right? And you can have... So, like... Like, I don't get why these kids are friends. They don't seem like friends, <laughs> right? <laughs> there's there's some... You know what? There's a little bit of surprising, like... Like, Chase is much nicer, much nicer now and is, like, uh, him and Gertrude, I think, yeah. are dating, if I'm not mixing them up. I think now, and they're actually kind of cute, and you know, the kind of slightly works that like Chase is unambiguously just like nice to his girlfriend, um, but like that kind of earnestness is really missing from this. Yeah. Like, everyone is snarky to one I another, think but it does not read as a comic that is commenting yeah. on like teen snarky. I think the two right? like fun character interactions like that I can think of is the one you just said. And then when Carolina is flirting with um, Julie, I think, from the, the power pack, and, like, in mm. the in mid-fight, they're just, like, kind of flirting, and Julie gets hit by, get hit by, like, a blast or something of one of, of, of the runaways, and, like, that ends the conversation. She's like, wait, I was talking! And it's like, it's nothing. It's not, like, particularly funny, but it's just, like, kind of a nice moment between, between two characters. That's it. That's, like, the two instances of it. Otherwise, just, like people being yeah. gratuitously mean to each other uh, which is just exhausting i and i don't i mean i like comics where people are like uh ecstatics is a comic where those people are constantly mean to each other but i think it's done with a really in like real intentionality yeah um and it's not like that like people the, have their walls up it's people have their their well, it, well i just want to yeah. say like if you know these characters are all are all mean and cynical to one another but that actually like you know, it feels like it's rooted in the character. Yeah. And that does mean that the, like, moments of, like, where people open up and are nice to one another shine through even more. They have a, a kind of a stronger power because it feels that much more, like, earned and earnest. We, we just said the same thing with Love yeah. and Rockets with um, Berto's half of Love and with uh, the Palomar stuff where it was like, you know, when you have these moments of, like, human kindness and grace to one another, it, you know, it feels very, very like... It's like a, a glass of water in the yeah. desert. Um, because I think what you said in, in Ecstatics, so like, it's shielded. rooted in their characters. It's part of how they work. And I feel like they're mean to each other in different ways, in ways that fit, that fit who they are. Uh, I feel like, it feels like with the Runaways, they're all, like, same tone. I just feel like by default, because, like, Brian Cavon can't imagine yeah. teen characters behaving any other way. <laughs> Which is, like... Like yeah. something I'm assuming, yeah. right? I'm just Maybe. like, I'm not actually saying that about the guy, but it yeah. just feels that way, reading Runaways. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like, uh, it does feel like a... 
the instinctive kind of shielding of like superhero comics in general it does feel like the writers you know have a uh like the worst thing in the world is to be labeled like sentimental yeah. or emotional or sappy or something so i think there is kind of a instinctual pulling away from anything that might be kind of like sweet and genuine yeah. uh so everything has this kind of ironic smirk to it i mean you get that all over this is not unique to brian cave um this is pop culture in general. There's a lot of that out there. Yeah. Um, and people, you know, some people like it. Some people respond to it. I, I also, like, I think he'll get better with this. I think he'll grow up. I mean, again, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'll literally get older. I'm not saying he's gonna. he needs to grow up and be more mature. I think he gets older and I think probably just, you know, gets more comfortable sure, yeah. writing, like, earnest, vulnerable characters. Yeah. Because he does later. And you know what? Um, I'll say thank you to, to Robert for adding issue 13 because I think that's, at least that was my favorite yeah. one of the bunch because yeah. it's just yeah, focusing same. on Molly who's like the younger kid of the of the, mm -hmm. of the the group and just her on her own and finding another group of very young uh, runaway kids uh, that have been like kind of abducted I think by some old guy that's using them for to, to steal stuff. Um, and it's like, that one feels there's way less of the banter and like people being a holes to each other because like it's not the teenagers it's just the kids um and i think i also think it, even they have slightly, slightly that, but it's, like, it's, it's less so them, it's less funny annoying, when, yes it's it, it is kind of it's certainly less so um, and i think yeah, it's but, also the issue yeah, that yeah, feels yeah. the most like a comic aimed at kids and teenagers like it feels aimed towards a young audience what it feels like i don't know to me <laughs> most of runaways feel like on the verge of being old men yelling at clouds right in the way the the characters are, are being um like uh written they just feel like yeah that's that's why kids are annoying and wrong all the time and like i don't know it's it's it feels like old men doesn't know how to write uh teenagers um, and I don't know how much sure. of it yeah. is. I know it feels like that's not something teenagers would enjoy, but they also feel like I'd like that when I was a teenager. So who am I to talk? And yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say the same thing about Kieran Gillen and the Young Avengers later, and you're gonna your head's nope. gonna explode. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do, I do like Thirteen a lot. Thank you, Robert, for adding this one. I think it's uh, it's kind of cute and uh, like it's a fun little one off with Molly. Here's the thing I will say, like give brian Gavon and um adrian alfona like credit for i like i kind of like these characters and i can see the potential yeah. in them i think like structurally like that's why i'm saying like i am kind of excited to see someone else run with them run away tone i like more hey oh <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah because i think like like there's potential it, it's a lit. it's it's not quite as severe as when brian michael bendis made miles morales and we were being like well, this is good. I'm excited for someone else to take Miles and yeah. do something with him. Because I liked Brian Michael Bendis's Miles Morales. Like, I liked those comics quite a bit. Um, while still being, like, hungry for somebody else to, like, run with the character. This is more like, I can't wait to enjoy these characters. Yeah. And you <laughs> know what? Like, writer. so I think it's, uh, then it's just Sweden. And I think after that, it's straight to Rainbow Rowell, I think. But between that, mm -hmm. there's, like, yeah. do you know who writes uh, Runaways for four issues during Secret Wars in 2015? John nope. Byrne. Nate Stevenson writes oh, a four-issue... It's not like... It's well, not quite in the continuity of the rest of Runaways because 
I won't spoil anything. Uh, but like, it is like the Runaways yeah. concept for four issues written by Nate Stevenson, which I'm really curious about. I think I think I read like when it came out, so like eight years ago now, and I barely remember it. But like, I'm really excited to go back to it now that I know more about about Nate Stevenson. Like, my expectations are like kind of high. I'm I'm curious about what what that looks like look like. What? Well, just to to point it out. Uh... I'm looking it up now. Uh, Terry Moore actually does the next volume three. Oh wow! Okay, nine issues of Didn't Terry Moore. That, yeah, yeah. And then like, and then there's like five issues by Christopher Yost and uh, Stuart Immonen, um works on it. And but yeah, yeah, Terry Moore from you know like Strangers in yeah, Paradise yeah. and Rachel Rising and stuff, um, does some, but only only like one long arc, like nine ten issues something like that. Okay, so, that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, they're a, a group that. I, I'm wondering if anyone will ever write a comic with them. I really like, um, but you know, people like them. They're they're popular. Kids, I mean, teens like them, right? Like, uh, I think there are a lot of people's like intro to Marvel. We said that yeah. when we read the first time. Like, they're a way of jumping into Marvel that does feel, you know, kind of like it's in Marvel, but it's kind of on the outskirts, and you know, it kind of like integrates you into Marvel without. You feeling like you need to know, and a they lot more. feel like the last um, big non-legacy Marvel creation, right? Like you can talk about like Miss mm, Marvel yeah. and 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 Miles in the 2010s, but like their legacy characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like Runaway's last big yeah. Marvel creation that's not like another version of a of a previous character, which is interesting and kind of disappointing. But yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It is interesting. Um, are we reading any more Runaways ever, Dave? No, thank God. Ever? Uh, Maybe. We're not. You know what? I didn't hate this. It. Yeah. It. We're well. We're not reading any next sure, year. Yeah. Um. That's my point. We're not reading any more of this run. You know, I didn't hate this, and I liked it more than the first, uh, batch. I, I don't want to overstate. You know how bad I think this was. I think it is fun. Like we didn't even really t- <laughs> talk about the actual arc here. They find this kid, and here's the twist that I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" Big twist. This kid who has some special powers, who's going to go on later to kill every Marvel superhero, um, is the son of Doctor Doom. And that was already kind of like, okay, really? All right. I guess Doctor Doom had a one-night stand with his mother, who was visiting Latveria, and now, like, flew to L.A. to deal with his son. And then the Runaways blast a hole through the middle of Doctor Doom. It's a Doombot. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Doctor Doom sent a Doombot, not himself. No! It's an Ultron bot <laughs> shaped like Doctor Doom, which means that there's a whole issue of backstory with Doctor Doom that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, Doctor Doom talks about their history together, and I'm like, well, what was all that for? That's so yeah. weird. Like, why did you explain the whole... <laughs> it's so just odd. fake out. And then the... <laughs> but then the, the thing where he's Ultron's son, but, like, it's because Ultron, like, got his head knocked off at one point, and Victor's mom found it, and then... Ultron walked his mom through the process of creating a human-robot hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, like, gave her step-by-step instructions, and she crafted a boy in, <laughs> in her bedroom. Um, really funny and really absurd and not in a good, fun way. Kind of just in a, like, exasperating, roll-my-eyes kind of way. Um, I don't know. I'm curious if any if this landed for anybody and anyone was like, I don't know. I thought that was fun, but I, I don't know. I'm fine with that. I don't know. I, I'm not like that annoyed by it. It's I, I'm kind of annoyed by by the Doom fake out because like it feels like just padding mm-hmm. out an issue that's like not needed. You can just go straight to the actual reveal. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. like big dumb superhero stuff. It's not demo that like him making the vision. I guess. 
Um, I'm not opposed to him being like created by Ultron, being a little robot boy. That's okay. I think the part that doesn't doesn't land for me is the like that he's still half uh, human. Like he's his mom is his is his mom. Sure. I think yeah. all that like the details of it didn't. Yeah, sound we want it, like, more like especially after robot the sex uh, detail. Please, we want to know exactly what happens. How he was God, made. Do you remember how hot Vision is in the Ultimate Universe? <laughs> That they, that I remember they how hot Wanda thinks. Oh no, wait, it's a different, different version. Yeah, yeah. So there's a hot vision that dates Falcon in the in the Ultimate Universe, but it's also mm-hmm. a joke about mm-hmm. um, Wanda like flirting with Ultron bots in in Ultimatum. I, think. I love, I love that, and they're just straight up yeah, robots. They're yeah, not yeah. even like humanoids. It's just like uh, you know Boston Dynamics style yeah. robot and Wanda's chatting with it i like that's a mark yeah. miller joke that i really get behind um sorry oh my god i gotta bleep that out so dave doesn't I'm not even sh- is it miller because <laughs> i'm so. not i don't know if it's miller or if it's slow yeah because it's in like it's in the ultimates yeah okay it's in ultimates 2 okay. i think um okay so the uh the final comic we're gonna talk about here marvel team up number 14 added by patreon backer cody long time patreon backer slack member beloved slack member um, and uh, all formerly all beloved <laughs> Slack member after this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but actually, you, you just uh, triggered this memory in me. Um, Runaways does end with Rick Joe in the show. Announced. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really funny. You know what? I kind of like this. I mean, uh, we didn't even talk. There's like a whole other team of like 20 year old superheroes who are all like reformed. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything to say about them. I, it just, it was kind of a dull contrivance You weren't, to me. like, um, really happy oh, to and see I guess the old, twist. like, hero Green Goblin from the, from the 90s? You didn't miss him? No, I actually kind of liked that one. Because that one was, like, a weird deep cut where I at least got that, like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I got a little bit of, like, recognition endorphins. I mean, you knew that, the others, but... right? Like, Julie Powers, no. we read Power Pack back then. Um, Dark Hulk Yeah, I guess just because I didn't feel... S- I didn't feel smart for knowing sure, them, yeah. uh, whereas I felt like I, I'm on the inside of the Green Goblin. You're reference. inside of the Green um, Goblin? That's disgusting. Yeah, and then... <laughs> Sorry. It's not that disgusting. I mean, Gwen Stacy got one. Never mind. Um, the, <laughs> yep. It turned out that Chamber is in this group, <laughs> and uh, but at... Sorry. <laughs> I'm picturing a the, version the idea of that... Since Fast, where Norman Osborn is pregnant We're... with Gwen Stacy's child. <laughs> Which would be? Oh, I thought you were just gonna say version where like we get that. <laughs> I'd be like, good. I'd be more. Down I was just for thinking that. of. <laughs> I was imagining the the sex scene between Gwen and Norman, but we get like three extra panels of Norman's face, uh, and it's because Gwen sticks a finger up his butt <laughs> during sex and surprises him, <laughs> and we just get one more surprised <sighs> O face from yeah. him. Um, that would have made sense past better. Also, yeah, I think agreed. Um, yeah, Rick Jones shows up. I kind of like him as the, like, yeah, I used to be a sad sack teenage sidekick, too. <laughs> My job is to now turn other teens away from that dark path. Um, and, and also talking about how he had a hit single. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> it's pretty good. Okay. Um, Cody added Marvel team up number 14. I opened it up. No idea what to expect. Uh, Wait, it's we've Spider-Man talked about this before. We did. We with... talked about it before. That was an invincible, invincible thing. I forgot. It, I forgot right, entirely yes. what I was like. Oh, I wonder. I wonder what was so exciting for him <laughs> to add a team up book here, and then it's uh, Invincible and Spider-Man from our 
crossing over from our Convincible podcast that we've been doing. It's totally the same creative team. Uh, it's kind of surprising. Like, does Im- Image Comics and Marvel crossing over? This must be like such a fluke. Um, yeah, I kind of wish Dave was here. To like they do that more know with if this DC. It feels like because there's a Black Hammer. Oh wait, is Black Hammer Image? I can't remember. No, it's Dark oh, Horse. Yeah. So yeah, that's weird. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's an Invincible crossover. It does take place in continuity with Invincible, with issues we just read, which I think is really funny in the context of the conversation we were having. Because one of my complaints about if you're not reading along with Invincible, this won't like spoil anything. Um, but. Right now, when he bursts through into the Marvel Universe, he is being rocketed between different universes by a villain who has his mom held captive, and he's being, like, shot from universe to universe. This whole sequence, um, one of the things that I criticize for is that Invincible, Mark, seems (laughs) extremely um, chill in these other universes, despite his circumstances. He's very, like, yeah, and then, like, he's just telling people his story world to world. Um, one, I think it's funny that we actually see this at length. We see the whole thing, so it really is just like, yeah, every time he lands in a new universe, he's like telling his entire life story to a new group of people. But he breaks down and cries here, and I'm like, we've never seen him do this yeah. <laughs> in the Invincible yeah, he's comic. He's never shown we, that I've much never, emotion in all of Invincible, which is He's insane. never at length described his emotions and then started crying about yeah. them. And I, this is one of my critiques of this stupid comic, is that like... It doesn't actually show this, and I was like, "Here it is." Is it was this, Marvel is this your favorite theme. issue of Invincible? <laughs> no, it's so boring. Uh, uh, I mean, if you like, it really has nothing to offer except that you get to see Spider-Man and Invincible drawn next to each other, which you could just achieve by holding, you know, a Spider-Man issue next to an Invincible issue and smushing the pages together. Yeah. There's really nothing here. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. What did you? What did you like? I, I just love the end. So I'm guessing. I'm. I'm guessing. I'm guessing this was done after the Invincible <laughs> issue. Um, like maybe Kirkman yeah, like yeah. showed the that panel. Like maybe people talked about it and it convinced Marvel to to okay it. Um, but like in Invincible, the panel where where he comes back, he has like some spider webs stuck to his back. And here it feels like they try to to like make that make sense by the end, where like Invincible jumps through the portal, and then Spidey like shoots the web, like wait, I could help you if I come with you, and then the portal shuts like shuts down through the web, and it's like wait, that's dumb, I'd be stuck there, and like yeah, man, <laughs> like it feels like they literally just did that for for people to be like, like to avoid people being like, well, by the end of in- Invincible, he has a web in his back and he doesn't in this comic. What's happening? Charlotte, like it feels like Charlotte, that. Before I, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you before you embarrass yeah. yourself any further. This issue came out six months before. Really? The Invincible well, issue. Well, that feels so, that makes so the ending Kirkman- even weirder because it feels like really i don't know like those panels feel like well we're explaining something to make it make sense because like otherwise it just was like i think, I think you were words. i think it is a what no i think it's a pretty good gag i'm actually I don't know. <laughs> yeah i think it's a fun i mean it's a one panel gag it is not like something even without the context of reading this issue you read it and you're like, oh, the joke is that he's zapped to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And that you don't need this issue. But I actually think him including that little detail here is, like, kind of cute. Uh, I think it I works. And again, know. it's just what I mean, it doesn't make sense for Spider-Man. I don't know why Spider-Man is like, 
let me come to your alternate yeah. universe and you know leave my fan spider-man acts like a lunatic in this issue i think Kirkman oh and have a great grasp of <laughs> so, uh, spider-man Kirkman starts making no it's not it's not funny uh but like Kirkman makes fun of the demi conventions of the marvel universe but like spider-man that's boring just like you have spider powers so you're spider-man and so he meets the new avengers and starts like giving them all names like iron man is robert man Captain America is oh, flag boy. man yeah and then he gets uh-huh. to luke cage and says and i'm guess i'm guessing you're black man and i'm like oh boy <laughs> oof wow yeah, okay, man it's, it's not a it's not a it's not a great <laughs> it's joke. a really bad joke <laughs> like he could have made a, a funny joke about luke cage being the only normal guy that's just wearing normal ass clothes right but like no so sure, going straight yeah. to black man Oh boy, yeah, it's yeah. it's awful. Uh, I assumed that Kirkman had jumped in here and they let him write one of the Marvel team ups. No, he's like the long time running. He's he's writing this series oh, right wow. now. Okay, so uh, Marvel team up uh, volume three. Yeah. Um, he's been doing it since uh, like issue number one. And you know what? I, I didn't realize he was he doing twenty four issues while doing Invincible. Yeah, he, I mean he's gonna do Marvel stuff. Like we're gonna read more of his. Marvel said, you know what, like, I've been bagging on him a bit for Invincible, right? Like, I'm not, obviously, not the biggest Invincible fan, but I really like his uh, Marvel Zombies, which we're going to read next year. Um, I really like Marvel Zombies, so I'm, I'm excited to get a little uh, Kirkman, like, give him a little credit, because I think Marvel Zombies is, like, one of my favorite things I've read of his, and, like, way better than the premise uh, would suggest. I think it's, like, sharp and kind of funny and, like not as boring and tropey and obvious as you would think like it has legs to it like there's a reason why it keeps getting sequel series uh yeah anyway uh yeah he's pretty good yeah. pretty good in that um yeah anyway this is fine i don't know it didn't it didn't do anything for me like the i guess it's mostly just more jokes and one-liners it, yeah, it feels very like <laughs> Sorry, made by com- <laughs> comedy like it feels there's no no personality to it, right? Like it just feels like mm. a pretty bland version of Peter Parker, and then like somehow the most interesting, one of the most interesting versions of Invincible we've seen, but that's still not that interesting. Um, well, there's there's literally there's no story yeah. to it whatsoever, and that is a, a function They're of just the fact that he going actually has to Doc spend, Hawk, and that's it. But he has to spend pages actually explaining to you who Invincible is, because you as a Marvel reader might not know. So it is somewhat, uh, like, <laughs> you do get an entire page of Mark being like, you know, my dad was a superhero, and then he betrayed all the superheroes, and then he called my mom a pet, and then a guy named Levi, like, he goes into the whole thing. Yeah. And so it has to spend a lot of time setting the stage for you as the Marvel reader. So, anyway, um, it's fine, I don't know, whatever. It, it's If you're excited about the idea of an Invincible Spider-Man crossover... It kind of this just is checks that box, I guess, but it doesn't so, do yeah. much more with it. <laughs> this is, yes. This is technically, <laughs> this is literally, literally an yeah. invincible Spider-Man crossover, and that's all it is. They just appear mm. together on the page. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, I think that's it. You know what? I think we did an okay job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Talking about podcasts. Talk about. Drax like, turned out to be the hardest uh, thing to talk about. Of this of this episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just broke um, my chair. <laughs> yeah, Dave set us up to. to <laughs> Sorry, that surprised me. Okay, I'm gonna put that piece of chair back. Well, I'll tell everybody what we're doing next yeah, while you're, sure. you're doing this. Thank you. Um, next is gonna be we're starting 2006. 
We're starting out with a with Decimation, which I think is the post House of M, like uh, yeah, post House of M X Men um, stuff, like follow up stuff. Mm-hmm. X Men. It's uh, yeah. There's a little reading order here. We're gonna be reading Son of M number one through six, and then X Men Deadly Genesis one through six, and then we're gonna be reading some new Avengers, which I'm excited for. Dave has the note, I've been waiting for this for years. So Ooh. I don't know if that means Dave has or if it's a quote from the comic. But I like to new. Oh, no, wait. This is New Avengers, not Young Avengers. Um, I got excited because I really yeah. like those Young Avengers. New Avengers is fine, too. <laughs> um, and then after that, we're going to be doing more House of M wrap-up with a bunch of X-Men. I think it's Mike Carey and... Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Another, like, British, like, kind of... <laughs> a kind of British writer... <laughs> Mike Harry and somebody else. Um, it's the episode that is completely Patreon backed. Uh, again, by Cody and our listener Ryan. Um, sponsored this whole episode because they're long running um, backing. So if you want to add stuff to the list, or if you want to back us for several years without adding anything <laughs> and then add an entire episode, uh, well, it's not guaranteed. You actually have to pitch it and we have to yeah. <laughs> approve it. But um, come talk to me. Um, over on Extra Issues right now, on the public feed, we're just finishing up our Molly Knox Ostertag uh, series, reading everything that she wrote, and we're about to start our Fantagraphics series. Um, the first issue of the Fantagraphics series is we're covering about covering Jaime Hernandez's Love and Rockets, which became both sh- well, my favorite comic of all time and... One of my favorite comics. It's your favorite, yeah. Charlotte, but it's up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm really happy with that episode. It's... Uh, Love and Rockets is just incredible. If you want to check that out, um, that extra issues feed is up in public, and the comics that we're reading there. There's certain collections you should check out for the um, for Love and Rockets. Don't just start with number one. Um, so go check that out because those episodes I'm really proud of, both for me and Charlotte. Yeah. And then our guest was great. And then the whole Fantagraphics series is great. We all read all kinds of really interesting stuff. Um, if you're backing backing us on Patreon, Extra Issues is just finishing up that series, and we're about to start covering. Um, the manga berserk the like dark fantasy manga and then after that we're going to be doing jeff smith um author creator of bone and a comic called rassel and then after this charlotte and i are recording what we're going to be doing after that so we haven't even decided yet but we'll know in like 20 minutes and then the episode (laughs) in which we decide what we're going to do is going to go up on patreon so you can listen along as we you know process through what we're going to cover after jeff smith so lots of fun stuff happening over on extra issues uh apple podcast reviews are appreciated our music is by disaster piece thank you charlotte for a fun conversation Thank you, Zach, for a fun conversation a fun 15 oh. minutes conversations about podcasts and and cds and then 45 minutes of fun conversation <laughs> trying to talk about bad comics <laughs> yeah it, yeah 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 i agree <laughs> I, for some reason i like i'm not quite there calling these bad maybe marvel team up but uh, medium to bad <laughs> but bland i'm gonna say it was Fine. a challenge yeah. to find <laughs> 45 minutes of conversation about these but i think we acquitted ourselves all right thank you all for listening and we will see you next year year.